Well, my predictions came true. Uh, right now, I am recording this actually on Thursday evening, and my prediction was we wouldn't know who won presidency, and guess what? We don't know who won the presidency. Um, we're talking about how would Jesus vote, and, and it's a good question because normally when we ask the question, how would Jesus vote, we normally would say, well, he'd vote like me. Jesus would vote like me, like, like I do. <laughs> we, uh, we are so weird about that kind of stuff. And, and I guess what's left is to ask the question, uh, once we know who's been elected and once we know all the counts that come in and when all the lawsuits are over with, well, what next? I mean, what about us? What do we do next? Because if your side won or wins or loses, or if your candidate got in or was voted out, uh, we're still called to live lives as followers of Jesus Christ in this world. And so we want to talk about that today, the now what? What do I do now? Whether my side won or my side lost, what now? Let's take a second and pray, okay? So Father, thank you that we can be your people in this world um, every day, every single day. We can do something in you and for you, and I would pray that we would be good at it, and I pray, Father, you give me the words right now to share in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the smoke's clearing, or at least trying to clear, about the elections, and our, our, our question is, well, now, now, now what? What now? And I would think, as we who have to live now in this America or in this world, there are certain principles that can help us, no matter what side you're on, whether you're blue or red or any other color in between. And the first thing is this. God is still in charge. And he still knows what he's doing. Now, I know that you know that, and we all know that. It's just sometimes hard to live like that. I mean, sometimes maybe the, the, this new presidency or the old presidency or years back, we just think, what in the world is God doing? But actually, God is in charge. He's always been in charge. He's still in charge, and he still knows what he's doing. We know this election did not tip the balance of power between God and the devil or the power of, of, of Satan and God's kingdom. It's not like God and the devil up there playing a chess match and God just made a bad move with this election or the election four years ago. It's, it's not even close to being like that. It's not like God is going up there saying, you know, oops, I didn't see that one coming. Or God is not saying, finally, I got my guy in place. God has this, and God has always had this. There's a great situation in the Bible. It's an interesting story. It's in Daniel chapter 2. And this is Daniel, Daniel in the lion's den, Daniel, that guy. And in the book of Daniel, there's a lot more than just lions. In chapter 2, the king has a vision. He has a dream. God is revealing to him something that's going on. And in his vision, he sees a statue, and it's, it's a big one, a big statue, um, huge. And the statue has a head of gold, and if you can picture this in your head, a head of gold, it has chest and arms of silver, it has a torso of bronze, it has legs of iron, and the feet are part iron and part clay. One weird-looking statue. 
And, and, and he can't figure out what it means, and none of the other people can figure out what it means, and so they finally call in Daniel. And Daniel understands what the dream is. And what it is is, as he shares it, it is God revealing his plan for the future kingdoms who are going to be taking over the world of that day. Each part of the statue reveals the coming kingdoms they're going to be taking over. The kingdom that will follow for pretty much that part of the world's domination. Gold was, was Babylon. Silver were the Medes and the Persians, and just as silver is inferior to gold, so would their kingdom be inferior to the one of Babylon's. Bronze was Alexander with his bronze weapons, and iron were the Roman Empire with their iron fist. Now understand this was written 500 years before any of this happened. And it tells me something really clear that empires are worked out in advance by God. They're all, they're all in God's hands. And empires are that way, and nations, and presidents, and propositions, and school board members, and city council members, and community college trustees. All of that's worked out in God's hands. God puts rulers in place. Good ones, bad ones, and, and anywhere in between. The Bible says this, an interesting passage. It says this, For the Scripture tells Pharaoh, I raised you up for this reason, so that I may display my power in you, and that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. Pharaoh was not a particularly great guy, not a guy you'd want to play golf with. And what God says is, I raised you up. Not particularly a good guy, are you? But I raised you up. Why? So I could do work through you to proclaim my power and my work. I mean, God has this. He just has this. And I have confidence in that. And that breeds in, in me all kinds of hope and, and non-stress. Okay, the next one. And, and I, I promised you at some point in time I'd make some of you mad. Um, this may be the point that I make all of you mad. And here it is. After the election, now what? America is still not my home. Now, let me explain that one out before you turn off your computer. Jesus was praying, and, and he was praying a big prayer. Um, he was praying for himself. He was praying for the future of what God was going to be doing in the world. He was praying for his disciples and he was praying for you. And this is what Jesus said. He said, they, that would be us, are not of the world any more than I am of the world. And that means that if Jesus is not of this world, in the same way I'm really not of this world either. And Jesus would say, my kingdom is not of this world. And if Jesus' kingdom was not of this world, then guess what? Mine's not either. Jesus said, as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you what? I've chosen you out, out of the world. Do any of you, any of you guys know who, who won for mayor in Pritchard, Alabama? The, the mayoral race was, was up for grabs. Pritchard, Alabama, do you know? <laughs> do you care? 
I don't. How come? Because I don't live there. I, I don't live in Pritchard, Alabama. It's not my home. I may visit there someday, and, and if the mayor is really lousy and has made lousy rules, I might get annoyed by some of those rules, and I might have to put up with them while I'm there uh, temporarily, but I don't live there. It's not my place. That's not where I live. And, and, and here is, is my opinion on this. I think the problem um, is that too many of us face is that we see our world as if the United States is the most important nation on earth. Now, it's important. I mean, I, I, I live here, and I don't like certain ways it's being run. I don't like some of the taxes or certain ways things are, are done. And I vote, and I think that we should be involved in that. But we have to understand, if you're a follower of Christ... This isn't the most important nation on earth. Peter, a follower of Jesus, a leader in the early church, he said this, but you, followers of Jesus, you're a holy nation. You're chosen people. What Peter is saying here is, spiritually, there's a whole other nation that started, and you're not part of that one. And so the nations on earth are only secondary. They're subsequent to the real one. We're here, but we're only travelers. The Apostle Paul says this, We are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. Okay, now again, you know, don't brand me a traitor or anything. I, I, I love this country. I do. I love this place. I think it's the, the best or the second best nation on earth, secondary only to Jesus' nation or Jesus' kingdom. But you have to understand, I don't belong here anymore. You and I are just temporary. We're, we're, we're just kind of visitors to this place. And that kind of moves us on to the next Jesus, not the government, is still humanity's only hope. So my purpose, no matter who is in the White House, my purpose remains the same. We as Christ followers run into problems when we confuse the two, Jesus and the government. And unfortunately, we do. We, we, we have this tendency to kind of pull them all together. And, and what happens is, and it happens time and time again throughout history, is the government is somehow God's means to bring about the salvation of people. Or the government is there to save the world. History has shown again and again, it's always, always a disaster. And, and here's what I know something about. Because I've read a lot about this and studied it, and whenever in history people depend upon the government to bring about God's kingdom, horrible things happen. Nasty things happen. The church becomes everything it shouldn't be. God never intended that to happen. It has to be deeper. It has to be more God. And, and, I, and I think one of the problems of getting your guy elected is that maybe you as a Christ follower think, okay, now I can relax. Ah, everything's going to be great now. Things will be okay, things will get better, and we start to feel better about our world. 
understand the heart and soul of our nation is not that big of a deal. It's a big deal, but it's not that big of a deal in what God is trying to do in this world. And making America great, it's a deal, but it's not that big of a deal in what God's trying to do in this world. Those things, they, they become secondary compared to God's plan. And compared to Jesus, Jesus is. We sang that song, It's All Because of Jesus, I'm Alive. My life is dependent upon the one who was crucified, died on the cross, who made me right with God. And, and, and it's my perception, and, and I could be wrong in this perception, um, but I've given it a lot of thought. Christ followers for a lot of, and I'm sure great reasons, wonderful reasons, put a lot of hope in America in bringing about the kingdom of God. Maybe a little too much. And sometimes we get afraid that if America goes nationalist or socialist or liberal or conservative, well, what hope is left? You know, what hope is left now for us? And it's a tricky one to talk about because some of us served in the military or had family that did, or some have very deeply held values about rights or racism or social programs that help, or maybe you're an immigrant, you came over and you found so much here. No matter how committed you feel to America, the Jewish people back in Jesus' day felt more. They were more committed to their nation than you and I could, could ever be. I mean, they had this huge history. Just read the Old Testament. God's working in God's hand. God gave them the scriptures. God gave them the prophets. God, God's story was written. God gave them the land right there. And, and it was a hundred times more than, than we could ever, ever conceive of. And so when Jesus died, was buried, he rose again, resurrection for what? To make us alive? They still didn't get it. Jesus is talking to his disciples after the resurrection. And it says this, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Again, they're looking at an earthly kingdom to solve all their problems. Are you going to now free us and restore it? And here we go. It's about us, and it's about our kingdom and our country. And God, God's always been doing something bigger and better and greater. Jesus responds this way. He says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you're going to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. He's saying it's no longer about Israel. It's no longer about your nation. It's about me and my kingdom and what I'm doing. He makes it this big global deal. It's not about us. It's about God's program. The Bible says this. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. How? By the cross. And that's why it's a big deal. Because God was in Christ. And he brought us to himself. And then it says this. And he has given us the message of reconciliation. Kingdom of man cannot bring about the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of man is run by broken people. Broken people are trying to fix broken people. 
no administration can ever fix that. And what happens is we will stumble when we think that it can. Only one can heal the heart because that's what's really broken. And what Jesus did on the cross, what he did was to create a way for us to have our brokenness forgiven and healed by the God who made us. How do I live here? How do I live here? Jesus says very clearly, Matthew 6, 33, a great verse to memorize. Jesus said, seek first the what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's what we would seek and seek, seek first. So it says this, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. That's who we are. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He calls us ambassadors. It's a great, it's a great word. When I think of ambassadors now, for some reason, I always think of big black limousines with little flags on the front, you know, and a chauffeur and a guy right, riding around in the back seat who always has shades on and a black, and a black suit. Um, what it's saying here is take away the big car and the flags and the suit and the shades, um, and you're an ambassador. And I know a couple things about ambassadors. One, ambassadors don't live here. I mean, they reside here, but they don't live here. Um, home is someplace else. We're called to be ambassadors, meaning I don't really live here. I reside here, but only temporarily. And also representatives, they represent the place they came from. Their country that they came from is much more important than the one that they're residing in. And I know that they're looking out for the best interests of that country. And so do we. Last one. God is still with me, so I'll have peace, joy, and hope because of him. That's where I'm going to find it. Um, I don't know about you. I didn't pay much attention to baseball this season. Why? Well, the Giants suck, but that's a whole other reason. Also, it was a short season, okay? No fans, you know, the designated hitter, which I hate. But really, it didn't matter to me how many games back anybody was. It didn't matter who was in the wild card spot. It didn't matter who was in the playoffs. Really, I didn't even care who was in the World Series. It really didn't matter. And, and you know what? When it was all over, my life went on. I treated it as if it didn't really matter that much because honestly, and we'll all admit to that, it really doesn't, does it? And it was a great time. It was a great life. And so, so I wondered, can I do that on election night? You know, can I, can I just do that, kind of shut myself off for that? And, and so what I did is I said, okay, okay, Lisa, uh, I, I'm not doing the media thing tonight. I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not going to look at the computer. I'm not going to see the results. I'm not going to see about mm, this poll or exit polls or entrance polls or telephone polls, anything like that. I'm just going to stay away from all that kind of stuff. And so we watched British Baking. Really, we did. We watched British Baking. and went for a walk. I think I walked out in the garage. And the next day, the next day, that would be Wednesday, I didn't, I didn't log on to the news thing. Peace. <laughs> Peace. Peace. And I treated it as if it didn't matter all that much. And compared to Jesus and his kingdom, guess what? It really doesn't. 
and I had peace. There's a great verse. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun verse when we think about all the madness that goes on with all this. It's a question. Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? And I think, boy, doesn't that just sum up an awful lot of what's going on? Everyone's angry at each other. And everybody is just wasting their time with seemingly futile, useless plans. Angry people over this or that. Versus this verse. Our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Our God, your God, the God of Jesus, he's in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Now, don't think I'm completely devoid of any kind of interest in politics. Believe me, I've got a part of me that gets all worked up over this passing or that person getting elected or that person getting unelected or kicked out or whatever. And I have my oh-no moments, and I have those times when I get too caught up in all of this. I don't like it, and I watch what it does to my blood pressure, and it's so tempting to wonder about the balance of power in Congress. I'm concerned about the rights of the unborn. There are things that I have interest in. But understand, our God is in the heavens. Our God, our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. I told you about that, that statue in, in, in the king's dream, the vision of this big, huge statue that had a head of gold and silver and all that kind of stuff. Read it in Daniel 2 because it's incredible what happens next because part of his vision, part of his dream is all of a sudden something comes out of a mountain, a huge stone, a huge rock that's not cut from human hands. That means it has to be cut from whose hands? From God's hands. And it slams into the statue and obliterates it so that the statue is nothing more than just simply dust that the wind just blows away. But it says that rock grew until it became a mountain that covered the whole earth. It's great that during the Roman Empire, those toes that were down there, exactly that time when that was beginning to disintegrate, a rock showed up, not made by human hands. A kingdom was established. And at that time, in God's timetable, that was the birth of Jesus. Jesus came as that rock chiseled out without human hands. And his kingdom was established, covered the whole earth. Nothing could stand up against it. God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. I can't help but think of Jesus' words to us. Um, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. So, so, so what now? I mean, what, what now? God's still in charge. He knows what he's doing. Understand whether your candidate won or lost America is still not your kingdom. We live here. We love here. We don't belong here. We belong in another place. And because of that, we know that Jesus is still 
the hope for humanity. It's Jesus. And I have my role here, and so do you. Seeking his kingdom first personally, being an ambassador to other people to tell them about the true king and the true kingdom and the only one that can make life work here on earth. And because God's in charge, God's in control, you and I can have peace no matter when they finally get the votes counted, no matter who's elected, because he's God and he loves you. And he's got a plan for all of this. And I want you part of that. Would you take a second and pray with me, please? Thank you, God, that you you have allowed us to hear about the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that you said words that startle us, that your kingdom is not of this world, and we don't belong in this world either. But Father, we, we, we are still here for a while. Help us to love well. Help us to care about people. God, I just pray that we would be able to get our priorities figured out on this whole kingdom thing. We don't have to stress. You're in charge. We're called here as your ambassadors to represent Jesus to people. And not to share a political message, but to share a life-giving message that you, God, were in Christ bringing the world to yourself, and you have given us that message to tell other people. And maybe you're here watching this morning, and you're saying, I'm not sure I've really ever done that. I've never accepted Jesus as my Savior. I know he was a good man. Maybe your prayer right now is to say, Jesus, accept me as I am. Forgive me. Come into my life and dwell in me. I open my life and my heart to you. And so, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for helping us get things right in our heads and in our hearts. And we praise you in your name. Amen.